Hey, Friarian. Hey, Jenna. How's it going? Great. Are you ready for take two of this episode? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my gosh, how crazy. What was it? The AWS shortage lost our yes. first episode that we recorded? Ugh. Yes, it's so weird. I I got like it was on my news feed about this this internet shortage thing that affected certain apps. And I was like, is that what happened to our recording? And sure enough, like the Anchor app was one of those apps that was affected. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's, you know what? Listen, big problems affect little people too, like our little podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So for our listeners, we actually, we were recording on Tuesday. No, I'm sorry, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, we, we recorded the, the whole 45 minute episode it was so good so well done um and then it didn't save and it was because of this you know aws internet shortage thing that affected a whole bunch of apps and whatnot well i think this just means we just will have better things to say today so welcome to the campus catholic a podcast providing candid discussion on catholic christian issues from a college perspective I'm college student Jenna Ford, and I'm here with my co-host, University Minister Friar Ian Bremer. Shalom. Well, Friar Ian, uh, how's the hot? The hot's good. You know, when we recorded on uh, Wednesday, it was it was a lovely, cloudy, rainy day, and today it's um it's uh it's cool, and there's there's a little bit of sunshine, so you know things are things are good. Yeah, yeah it's really sunny here. I'm back in Southern Indiana. Um, also. If you hear any weird truck noises, it's because I'm definitely at a truck stop where I recorded oh. our very first episode. So this will be great. <laughs> wow. So, so it's uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So yes. happy Thanksgiving. How was yours? It was pretty good. I just kind of stayed home and um, I played Scrabble and ate leftover turkey. It was a good time. Nice. How nice. was yours? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was just... Um stayed uh, at the Priory with the Priors and we had a lovely dinner and it was just a nice, good, quiet day and I enjoyed it. That's great. And of course, all of that ties into our theme of our episode today. But before we hop into that, let's get on with our Saint Spotlight. Who are we spotlighting this week, Friar Ian? Yes. So this week we are spotlighting probably actually my favorite saint. Um, you would think it'd be St. Francis of Assisi, but <laughs> actually it is uh, St. Therese of Lisieux. I've always um, felt very drawn to her and I think she's just a very relatable person. And I wanted to spotlight her today because she does kind of tie in with our theme, um, which we'll get to. Um, but just a little bit about her, um, you know, she's one of the most popular saints of, of modern times. Um, she's uh, she was born in 1873, and she um, her mother died when she was very young. She was kind of, um, she lived in a well-to-do family, fairly well-to-do, and she was the youngest, and so she was kind of spoiled, you know, so she was a little neurotic as a child, and um, <laughs> just kind of lived inside her head a lot, I think, and uh, her, you know, was very, very clingy with her sisters, because especially her oldest sister was kind of a second mother figure to her since her mother had died when she was so young. And um, she wanted to uh, join the convent at a very young age because, you know, her sisters had done it. And of course she was also very, you know, holy and biased young young girl. 
And, um, but like I said, you know, she kind of had like her, her own kind of spoiled things that she had to get over. You know, we all have to get over those, those um, kind of childish ways. And, and one of the, the biggest impacts in her life was this, which she calls like a Christmas miracle or a Christmas conversion. Um, and just the same way that like, you know, we uh, kind of wait for Santa uh, on Christmas Eve as little kids, you know, they, they put out their shoes for um, Father Christmas or, you know, Joy Noel or something to uh, put gifts in. And when she came back from like the, the midnight mass, the, the gifts weren't in her shoes and she was all upset. And, um, you know, her, she could hear her father kind of breathing under his breath, you know, saying like, oh, well, at least next year we won't have to do this because, you know, she'll be too old by then and stuff. And she heard that and she was so upset. She went to her room and, you know, she prayed and she actually, uh, in that time of prayer, just let go of all of those kind of childish things of, of once and, and, and all of that. And, and just was so filled with God's love. And she just had this change of heart that she no longer wanted to think about herself, wanted to think about other people. Um, and she was just so grateful for the gift of God in her life the love of God. And it drove her even more to, you know, really want to enter the convent. And um, she did at the age of 15, which was um, even young for back then. And, um, you know, she, uh, in fact, she was turned away because she was so young. And she, you know, she went all the way to Rome on pilgrimage, asked the Pope and the Pope, you know, <laughs> you know, this grand audience with the Pope kind of a thing. And, and she's like, oh, let me enter the convent at the age of 15. And he just gives a very non-committal answer, like, well, if God wills it, it will happen, you know. Um, but God <laughs> must have willed it <laughs> because it did happen, you know. And uh, she actually experienced a lot of, um, you know, she, uh, you know, kind of the, um, uh, she had to kind of go through a bit of a disillusionment in a way about religious life and convent life because I guess she had a lot of really pious ideals of what it was going to be like, but it was tough. It was hard. And, and the sisters were, were kind of tough on her because she was so young. And, and so she, she really grew in her spirituality by being someone who loved greatly in small ways by like sitting next to the sister who, who was the meanest to her, you know, or um, praying for those sisters that gave her a hard time um, and for, for even being grateful for the times that she was corrected and scolded and, um, and she just grew in love in that way. And she, you know, she didn't, she wasn't a missionary, you know, she said like, oh, I wish I could be like a missionary or a martyr, but I'm just this tiny little flower, you know, and, but God even loves the tiny flowers. Um, they're precious to him. And she just loved in in great ways but in very little ways and and that's why her, her doctrine is kind of known as the little way and i'll just kind of wrap this up by saying you know at the end of her life she only she died when she was only 24 of tuberculosis she lived a very short life but um she was asked to write her autobiography and it's widely available and widely read today it's called the story of a soul and so if you want to learn more about her and her little way of love and of gratitude, I highly recommend reading her autobiography, A Story of a Soul. Wow. Yeah, I've always heard about Therese of Lisieux, and she always, like, a lot of people I know like to pray the novena to her, 
because supposedly at the nine day of prayer, if your prayer has been answered or if it's like a yes or no question, you'll get roses. And there are a lot of cool stories to go along with that novena. Yeah, but one of my favorite stories about her, I think, is and I think it's in her autobiography. I haven't um, read it yet or before, but she talked about how there were um, her. She was praying at church with her sisters and one of her sisters was praying the rosary and the rosary kept clacking against the pew. <laughs> and she like wrote about just how annoying and obnoxious it was. And then she was like, well, I need to look at this differently. I'm looking at more as like a song to Mary. And so she was able to take kind of like a little annoyance of one of her <laughs> sisters and turn it into something beautiful. And something else I want to know is when did it become so difficult to get a private audience with a Pope? what's up with all these like like boss women saints like getting audiences with the pope like i want an audience with the pope you know catherine of sienna treasure the lasso what happened (laughs) one day one day so i think that ties in greatly with our theme today what are we talking about today friarian so today we are talking about uh what are we thankful for Yes, in the spirit we, of Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> yes, and we have two awesome guests ourselves. <laughs> um, Just like in so, our first episode. I know, right? So this Full is circle. our last episode of season one. And so we just thought we would like to just kind of wrap up our first season, um, just having a conversation on the gratitude that we have, why we should be grateful, and also just what we have learned through our first podcast season. I'm surprised we made it an entire season. We didn't really know. Yeah. What we, we still don't know what we were doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I guess we should just dive right in. So yeah, absolutely. Take um, away, Briarian. So our first question is, why is it important to be grateful? Yep. Why is it important to be grateful? So I guess I'll go first. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm posing the question to you. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'm glad we clarified. Um, yeah, why is it important to be grateful? Hmm. I think there are a lot of reasons to be grateful, but I think one of the biggest reasons is just recognizing the beauty of everything that we've been given, you know, in one of our earlier episodes, we interviewed John McGlone and he talked about, it was why we should protect the environment. And he talked about how creation itself is like, Jesus's passion you know it's like the crucifixion you know he sacrificed all of this and gave this all to us so just the beauty of the sunsets and the sky and the birds and the bees and the trees and just all of the beautiful things that we've given that have been given to us I think is one of the most important reasons to be grateful it's because we like don't really deserve anything you know what I mean God just gives it to us. It's not, we don't have to earn it. It's just given like his love, you know? And so I think that alone, just the beauty of the world and the fact that we're not entitled to anything is just in itself enough to be grateful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that everything is gift. Um, and, you know, uh, for me, like that's, that's kind of, um, the biggest reason of, of why it's important to be grateful because everything is gift, you know, like you said, the sunsets and the trees and, and the whole earth and, and everything. 
um, and God's abundant love. I mean, it's it's just overflowing. Um, my vocation director, Brother Tim, who is a lovely man, um, he said that at the end of the day and at the end of a lifetime, all we can really say is thank you. And that's always stuck with me. And uh, and it reminds me of, you know, what our uh, order's founder, St. Francis said, you know, that all we can really claim for ourselves is our sin because everything else comes from God. Every Every good thing comes from God and all that we can really claim as our own are our sins. So even uh, our virtues and and our good works, they all come from God. And so for that reason, like, you know, we um, we have nothing but gratitude to give. Um, and, you know, I think that um, that ties in with uh, actually our, our, you know, what's uh, the source and summit of our faith, right, is the Eucharist. And the word Eucharist means Thanksgiving. And with that, you know, like our, the whole celebration of mass is this one great act of thanksgiving. You know, we're participating actively in this, this um, act of gratitude um, as the body of Christ coming together, being thankful for one another, thankful for the mystery of God and the gift of Jesus Christ and the Paschal mystery. And, and that, um, you know, bringing Jesus uh, in our midst and, and uh, in the, the form of bread and wine uh, there in the Eucharist is just this great act of thanksgiving, you know, so our whole faith life and liturgy is all about just this response of, of thanks to God. Absolutely. And I think, you know, this kind of obviously will kind of tie into our next question, but 2020 has been kind of <laughs> awful. <laughs> like like you said for prior Ian for our listeners out there he came up with a catchphrase and he's like oh 2020 strikes again you know yeah. like on um, Wednesday when we tried to, to record I know <laughs> oh, 2020 strikes again you know it's it's been a difficult year for everyone all things considered so we know like we talked about why it's important to be grateful but how have you, Friar Ian, been able to find ways to be grateful during 2020 and just during difficult times? Um, you know, that is a really good question. And uh, this year, I mean, it's definitely had its challenges, uh, though I feel like I've been a bit sheltered from a lot of the um, hardships that uh, most people are going through. Um, and uh and in a weird way, like some of the um, the the mutedness of of time and activity um, has been a, has been a bit of a blessing for me, um, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, though I acknowledge, and I, I would never want to dismiss the, the pain and the suffering that a lot of people have been going through um, in this 2020 year. Uh, what I'm actually really grateful for in 2020 is that uh, it's been kind of a, uh, it's been a God moment in, in the biblical sense that I feel like, you know, God is really trying to speak to us in this time. Um, I feel like it fits in very much with the prophetic tradition. Um, and again, not to, not to sound, you know, uh, happy about the pandemic or any of the other, you know, um, issues and, and pain and suffering that have been going on in our world. Uh, but I feel like uh, it's, in a sense, a way of God calling us to 
to stop and to think and to reevaluate our lives uh, and to reevaluate our society and to really reckon with the ways that we've hurt one another, uh, the way that we've taken things for granted, uh, the ways that we haven't been thankful. And, uh, and so, you know, this, this opportunity to take a hard look at ourselves as human beings, as individuals, and as uh, a community of, of people, um, I think that's something to be grateful for. And I hope that it has uh, blessings and, and good outcomes for the future. Uh, so, so that's definitely one thing that I've, I've been grateful for. And also just like I said, like it, there's been a lot of blessings that, have, uh, that I've encountered personally. And so, you know, I just feel very blessed and very grateful, um, for the good things that I, that I have, the resources that I have. Um, and, uh, and it's reminded me, you know, not to take those things for granted, as we kind of look around and, and see, you know, the, the difficulty that a lot of people are experiencing. Absolutely. I think um, just some of the ways that I have been able to be grateful during this year, it has been just a really hard year for everyone. Um, but I think self-reflection is very vital to having gratitude in the sense of looking back and seeing what you were given because of the circumstances you were in. Like you said, we cannot belittle just the hurt and the loss and the death that has happened during this year, but we can, that doesn't mean we can't recognize the good that has happened. Like I can look back and I can say, you know, this was a hard, this was a hard year. You know, mm -hmm. I, I experienced loss in my family and you know, school was closed mm. down and just all of this. Like, it just feels like sometimes it just feels like you're overwhelmed with just yeah. things that are just sad, you know? Yeah. But looking back, I recognize that I wouldn't have one-on-one -on -one time with my family. I wouldn't have had time to spend with the loved one that I lost. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone on that. We went on a mission trip this summer and I was just really able to see, um, that God was really calling me to find peace in my life. And if it wasn't a mission trip during COVID, I don't think I would have had that experience, you know, like God yeah. does everything for a reason and for a purpose. And sometimes we don't like, we don't have to like what he does. You know, <laughs> we can be like, yo, like this pandemic sucks. Like if we're being honest, but we have to also understand that part of our faith is knowing that God always, always has a higher purpose and I find peace knowing that I can look back and I can see where it was hard, but God was working in my life during that time. And I really think that 2020 has been so hard, but I also think it's been one of the years that I have grown the most in my faith. And I don't really have an explanation for it. If I'm being honest, I just, I don't know if it was kind of being in solitude or if it was just recognizing that, you know, when times are hard, all we have is God. And the people yeah. that he's placed in our lives. So I think that is how I have been able to stay grateful and for the most part optimistic. We all have our days, but just knowing that there is a higher purpose and I can look back and see where he was working in my life for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, and kind of with that, you know, um, uh, what, um, you know, since this, is about, you know, what are we thankful for? So what are like some specific things you kind of mentioned some already uh, of what you're, you're thankful for in general? Absolutely. I have so much 
to be grateful for so, so much. Um, I think, I know it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. I'm convinced all cliches are true, you know, but (laughs) I'm so thankful for my family and my friends. You know, I have such an amazing just friend group at school, at home. Like I have friends that I can pray with. I have friends I can go to mass with. I have friends that I can just be myself around. And I know that not everyone has what I have. And I'm just so, so grateful for that. And I'm also so grateful for um, my loving family. I came home um, almost a week ago and, you know, it's kind of a weird time. And so they just have been so welcoming. And so just, I don't know, they just like, they just make you feel at home. I know it's home, but just having family that loves you and that goes out of their way to make sure that you have what you need to succeed uh, is just something I have always been grateful for. I haven't always shown my gratitude, something I probably need to work on, but it's something I've always been grateful for. And then something else I've just kind of been thinking about is, um, so I've been reading this book. I just kind of came across this book. It's funny. Again, God always has a higher purpose. I think he kind of threw this book into my life, as cheesy as it sounds. But it's called The Shed That Fed a Million Children by Magnus uh, Macfion Barrow. He's Scottish. Um, And he essentially just saw that there were people in crisis around the world. And he just started collecting aid and donating it to all these places. And... Mm. I'm not even like halfway through the book, but I'm just like overwhelmed with just like ideas and all these things I can do. And I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. And so I'm just so grateful for people that are compassionate and for people that want to lead by example, because I think those are two things that are so important. And it's the compassionate people and it's the driven people that are inspiring others to bring change to the world. And that's something that I want to see. And that's something that I'm so grateful for, especially in times like this. So, Yeah, that's, um, wow, that sounds like a beautiful book. And, you know, what a witness, you know, that man's given on to other people and stuff. And um, hopefully, you know, that, that catches on as well. I know, like a wildfire, but in a good way. (laughs) So what are you thankful for this year, Friarian? You know, just like you said, um, I mean, friends and family, it sounds like a cliche, but um, cliches, I mean, we say them over and over again because they are true, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, You heard it here first, cliches (laughs) at the campus Catholic. (laughs) You know, because, and I think, I think friends and family, especially family are, uh, are things that we take for granted, you know, and, um, but, uh, they're important to us because community is important, you know, um, God, uh, designed us to be part of community. And I think if this pandemic shown us anything, it's that we're social creatures, like we need people and it's been hard on everybody because we haven't been able to be around people. And, um, so definitely, uh, in that sense, um, friends and family, um, one of the, <laughs> When it, it sounds sounds weird uh, <laughs> on the surface, <laughs> but one of the things I always give thanks for uh, is indoor plumbing. <laughs> Thank you, Victorian England, because that's where it stemmed from. That's the only thing I learned in college, by the way. <laughs> <sighs> and and the reason why I'm grateful for it is one because it kind of sounds funny and and people kind of forget about it. Uh, two because I'm kind of high maintenance. If you know me, I don't like to camp. I don't like to hike. Uh, <laughs> I, if there's no indoor plumbing, I don't want to go. Um, 
And, but three is because, you know, it's something I think, especially in, um, in developed countries, we take so much for granted just to have clean running water, um, just to have running water, let alone clean running water, uh, water that can be hot or cold. Um, and so uh, it's something I, I just always give thanks for. Um, and uh, lastly, um, I'm, I'm really grateful um, for, uh, for the students uh, that we've had uh, participating in, in university ministry this year. Um, I know it's been kind of a scant year in a lot of ways because we haven't been able to do as many activities, but we've had um, just a great group of young Catholics who were seeking out a community and, um, and I'm, I'm glad that they've come and, and been a part of our community here. Absolutely. We've made so many new friends this semester. It has been great. So one of our final little questions is, is gratitude a choice? Yes. And uh, since we recorded this on Wednesday, I know I keep saying that. <laughs> uh, I love Jenna's answer so much. So I'm actually going to have you answer this question. <laughs> so is gratitude a choice? I don't know. I just... So I guess I want to start off my answer with saying that we definitely recognize that there are people who are struggling with mental health issues and that may not be able to choose gratitude and choose joy. So that aside um, and recognizing that um, I absolutely think gratitude is a choice <laughs> for many reasons. Um, I was reading this book. I mentioned it in our last, I think our last episode. I'm always reading a book. It takes me forever to read it. I really don't read that much. It just takes me a long time to read. I don't know why. Um, but it was called In Full Bloom by Claire Swinarski. She's the Catholic feminist lady. And she talked about how, you know, like when it comes down to it, like joy is a choice, you know, like we can be in a situation and choose joy so I used on Wednesday when we recorded you know I used the example of because it was raining I was like so so you go out and it's raining and you're wearing rain boots and there's a hole in your rain boot okay you can sit there and ponder like oh man my feet are gonna get soaked and I hate it when my feet get wet or you can be like oh my gosh I can jump in all the puddles and stomp around like I'm five years old because my feet are gonna be wet anyway you know it kind of goes flows into the idea of we can't really control our thoughts but we can control what we ponder you know so we can't control what pops into our head right away but we can decide whether or not we're going to sit and dwell on that or whether or not we're going to move on from that and look for a different perspective and I think this is really really shown um, in people that have different live like lifestyles than a majority of us in the States, for example, I went to Guatemala in January, one of the coolest things I've ever done. And, you know, there, it's pretty simplistic living in Guatemala. You know, they're pretty low income. They live extremely differently than we do. But talking, we got to eat meals with families and sit down and hear their stories. And there, there was no sadness. There was no, mm. oh, I wish I had something else. It was just sheer gratitude, gratitude to God, gratitude for their families that they're just able to have this life. And I look, I look at families like the ones I met in Guatemala and I look at families that, you know, I've met on various mission trips and they, they have been, I have been far more 
privileged in my life than they have. And they just have so much more gratitude than I have. And it's when I realized then that, you know, it is a choice. You have to look at your circumstance and say, you know what, it could be worse. It is bad. Recognize that it's bad, maybe. But what am I getting out of this? What's going to be better? And what can I learn? So 100%, absolutely. Gratitude is a choice and joy is a choice. And I encourage everyone to always try to choose it. You know, it's hard, but I think it's possible. So <laughs> that's my piece. <laughs> what do you think, Brian? No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and uh, and it, it reminds me, you know, when, when we, in the, the people who I've encountered who are oftentimes um, economically less advantaged, they're the ones that when you ask, how are you? They respond instinctually, instinctively, I'm blessed. And it always impresses me so much. And I'm like, man, like they, they just recognize like all the good things that they have. Um, and, and they feel so blessed and they're grateful for, for every, everything. Um, and I'm like, man, why, why don't I respond, you know, instinctively with, blessed, you know, I, how are you? I'm blessed. And so, uh, so you're absolutely right in, in that sense that that notion of like choosing joy, choosing, uh, gratitude. Um, I think, um, on the other hand, you know, I, I think that sometimes, uh, we, we do have kind of an unconscious grateful response oftentimes. Like we, we don't really think about, you know, uh, like we receive something really nice and we're just like, oh, thank you. You know, it just, it's, it's an automatic response almost. Um, and, and so I, you know, in that sense, like we, we don't always choose it, but that's when it is, you know, kind of an instinctive and unconscious, you know, just impulse to say, you know, thankful or to be grateful. But more often than not, especially in difficult times um, or in times when we, we begin to think that we don't uh, have uh, the, all the things that we need, um, that's when we actually do need to make that conscious choice to be grateful because we actually do have um, what we need, you know, as it says in, in Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. There's nothing I lack. Right. Um, because if we have God, um, then we have everything that we need. And um, I, I mentioned this um when we recorded the first time about confession, you know, um, when I, when I go to, when I partake in the sacrament of reconciliation, one of the things that um, I try to remember to confess is the times that I haven't been grateful. Um, and uh, I think that's, you know, something uh, to be reminded of, you know, that, um, that this is, we, we sometimes forget about the importance of gratitude. And so I think that's why it's such a great thing that we're, you know, addressing, you know, why is it important to be grateful and what are we thankful for? Because we so often forget to, um, to make that conscious choice to be grateful and to choose joy. Absolutely. And I think if that is something that people are recognizing in their life, that maybe they do need to be just more gracious. I think we can all be more gracious. Honestly, I can definitely be more gracious. Um, but I think having that reflection I talked about earlier, I think reflecting and seeing where good things have come is a great way to better recognize 
what you're grateful for and just maybe implementing more gratitude into your life. And also mm-hmm. writing down just like two things every day, every night before you go to bed or every morning when you wake up, two things that you're grateful for. And I actually think that there's been a study. I mean, I have no like source to cite here, but I definitely read somewhere that there was a study that they had a group of people. I don't know if it was like for 30 or 40 days, but they had them write down something that they were grateful for every day. And then on the flip Mm. side, they had a group of people write down like things that annoyed them that day. And it was just statistically proven that the people that wrote down what they were grateful for every day just had a happier attitude. So why not choose joy or choose gratitude? And that might lead you to be able to choose joy a little easier in your life. I'm no Dr. Phil, but that's the best I got. (laughs) It reminds me of a, of a song from, from that old movie with uh, Bing Crosby, you know, um, White Christmas, I think it is, uh, where he sings, you know, uh, when I go to sleep, I don't count sheep. I count my blessings, right? Um, so, or even, you know, even using rosary beads as a way of counting your blessings instead of saying Hail Marys on rosary beads, like for every bead, just think of one thing to be grateful for. Um, oh, I like that. You know, like 55 things to be grateful for. Plus. Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so I definitely think there are ways that we can always look to just welcome in gratitude more into our life. And then just recognizing that, you know, I think gratitude is definitely a form of prayer, 100%, you know, recognizing what God has given you, recognizing the good things in your life, because everything that you have came from God. So being gracious, I think, is just like offering up a prayer for sure. Yes, absolutely. So seeing that this is our last episode of the season so exciting we did want to give extend our gratitude to all of our guests that we had on the podcast this semester this has been a crazy journey and we have loved loved hearing all of our well all of my peers all of their stories and all of their just wisdom and so we want to give a shout out and a thank you to Alondra Ramirez, Katie Auer, John McGlone, Nick Barr, Maria Smith, Amy Gasper, Annie King, Friar Mario Serrano, and Mary Gepner. We would not have been able to do our very first season of podcasting without you. And we are just so, so grateful for just your faith and just your love for God and the love for the community and just the part that you've taken in this journey that we have experienced this semester. So that kind of ties into our next question, which is Friar Ian. What have you learned from our first season of podcasting? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Probably, first of all, uh, I've learned to trust Jenna. (laughs) 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 Because, uh, you know, I mean, I I put the the thought into her head, but I I wasn't really serious when, when it came to uh, doing this podcast and she ran with it and I was like uh okay <laughs> and, uh, but it's been a great experience and I'm like you know I just gotta just gotta lean in and trust Jenna more often um <laughs> <laughs> so and secondly you know um and I I I've just been blown away really um with the with the conversations that we've had with college students with uh young Catholics because, you know, it gives us such an insight into uh, what's going on in the faith lives of young people today. 
And, you know, we know like maybe not everything is, is theologically researched. It's not, you know, tomes of, of uh, exegesis and theological diatribes and, and whatnot, what people have, have shared, but it's, it's real and it's what is going on in their hearts and it's relevatory. And um, I'm just so grateful to uh, be able to offer this platform for young, young Catholics to have a voice, to share their voice because they do have a voice. And so, so that is what I've learned is that, you know, um, young Catholics have strong faith lives and they think deeply about things and, and I'm glad that they've been able to share it. Snaps to that, all the snaps. <laughs> so what have um, you learned from our first season? Yeah, I have learned a lot. Um, I first learned that apparently I talk a little too fast and I say um a little bit too much. So thanks, mom, for listening. Um, and I just I've also learned that God is everywhere. Like I've always known God is everywhere. But, you know, we ask every week, you know, where have you seen God this week? We answered this question every other week. Friar Ian, we asked our guests this question and just the answers that we have received, you know, like. God's been in the thrift store. He's been in a coworker. He's been at the grocery store buying Oreos, you know, like God is <laughs> everywhere. And that is why I love asking that question because I think we definitely like, we need to choose gratitude and joy more, but we also need to recognize that God is everywhere and he is in everything, everything that is good. God is there. And I, that's why I love asking that question every other week, because I just love hearing the answers. So that is something I've learned. And then just kind of talking about, you know, Friarini talked about having this, this platform. And I never really thought of it until you brought it up, obviously, when we recorded on Wednesday for the first time, if we haven't mentioned that enough already. But <laughs> we're just, we're just a little salty about it, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just having a platform it's just so cool. Like there's no other way to put it. Like I think I mentioned before or in, when we first recorded that it's kind of like my princess diaries moment. I've been watching princess diaries a lot lately because <laughs> it's one of the best movies on the planet. I'm convinced. And, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's like this 15 year old girl from San Francisco. And she finds out that she's like princess of Genovia, you know, and her best friend is like this animal activist and wants to like change the world. And she's like, I don't think I can be a princess, blah, blah, blah. And her friend's like, you have like the power to like make a difference and bring change. And I know that this is just like a teeny tiny podcast that not very many people listen to, but I'm so grateful for all of you that do. But I really think that this platform is like my like princess diaries moment, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, like I am, we are working to affect change to bring voices to people that may not be able to share that with others and we're bringing hopefully bringing others closer to Christ and that just means so much to me like it feels like as cheesy as it sounds you know we're all about the cliches today apparently um I feel like our podcast is making a difference maybe it's just in my head but I just having that platform having that opportunity I just feel like we're doing good and it makes me feel great and you know Pope Francis said you know he told I think it was at a world youth day somewhere. He was like, you know, telling the young people like go out there and make a mess. And so I hope that is what we have accomplished with this season. So I think we've made a mess. <laughs> I think so too. Is it good or bad? We don't know. <laughs> um, so I guess kind of going into our last question that we always, always, always ask Friar Ian, where have you seen God this week? 
So this week, um, there has been a man that's been sitting kind of towards the um, the wheelchair wheelchair ramp door at St. Joseph's Church, and he comes in there daily. And I think um, he's without a home and he's just looking for a place to, to stay warm uh, and dry and to pray um, and to be at peace. And I haven't really engaged him um, in conversation, just kind of like nodded my head and smiled and you know said hello or how you're doing, but I haven't really engaged him very much. But the other day at daily mass, this woman who I see regularly, apparently, you know, she had in the past, um, struck up a conversation with him and a relationship with him because when I saw her that day at mass, uh, she was asking him about his coat size and it sounded like, you know, she had, I was kind of eavesdropping, I know. <laughs> uh, but it sounded like, you know, she had offered him a coat and she just wanted to make sure, you know, it fit well and this and that. And, you know, she, she was talking to him and, and just giving him that human dignity, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and I was just kind of blown away. I was like, man, like that's, you know, that's what we need to be doing is, is giving people that human dignity. And, uh, and, and I was, I was just, I was touched and moved and I saw God in her and I saw God in him. And so I was grateful for that. Yeah. Beautiful. So how about you, Jenna? Where have you seen God this week? Yeah. So I definitely think I have seen it in my family this week. Um, I wasn't really able to go home right away because of some COVID things. So my aunt and uncle just kind of, they just kind of like let me stay with them. And they were just so welcoming and so kind. And it just made me realize that um, I really am loved and God really does love us through the people that he surrounds us with. And I just had very fruitful conversations. And I don't know, I just felt so loved. And when I feel loved, I just always feel like God is with me. So mm. that is definitely where I have seen and felt God this week. So thank you, everyone, so, so much for tuning in to our first season of the Campus Catholic. We're so grateful for your time, and we're so grateful for your prayers. And we just hope that you have gained something from the first season. We know that Friar Ian and myself have gained so much, and we're just, again, so, so grateful for everyone. And we just wanted to take this time to wish everyone a happy holiday, a happy belated Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas, all of the good things. Happy New Year. And also good luck on finals to all of our college student listeners out there. And we just encourage you um, to just choose gratitude. Find things you're grateful for. Find joy in life and look for God because he is always there. So before we close out with our typical um, ending, I heard I read somewhere one time that this, I think it was just this woman on the internet, probably it's where I get most of my information from. <laughs> most of it's factual. Um, but she said that when she's grateful for something, she prays a glory be. And that's how she shows gratitude every time. Like, oh, I'm so grateful. I'll play, pray a glory be. So we want to close out this episode with a prayer. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you again so much for tuning in to our first season of The Campus Catholic. Take it away, Friarian. Yes, and as we always close, as the Franciscans say, peace and all good. Mm -hmm.